Hey there, listeners. Before this week's episode, we just wanted to take a real quick pause and just say that we want to put a trigger warning on this week's episode. We go to some pretty weird places. Uh, We've got some fairly adult themes. And even by our standards, there's stuff in here that we would consider triggering to other people. So if you are of a squeamish disposition, if you don't like bodies, corpses, or if you're of a sensitive nature, then maybe this week's episode is not for you. So just be warned, we'd just like to give you the opportunity, even by our standards, to say that this episode could be triggering. Uh, It has the body of a child in it, and we just wanted to take this moment to reflect and pause and say that, you know, please take this episode with a pinch of salt. Thanks very much. And if you do decide to stick with it and listen to this episode, we hope you enjoy it. Hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. As ever, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. As ever, I'm joined by the usual hive of scum and villainy. First up, we have a man who many regard as the Greta Thunberg of D&D. It's the woke millennial thirst trap himself, Mr. Chris Neal. How the hell are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, the, the Greta Thunberg reference is a new one. Uh, I'm not sure at the minute where it, where it sits on the scale of, of like uh, comparisons I actually like uh to uh woke millennial thirst trap but I'll I'll figure it out at some point. But you're always on boats. I am always on boats. Mm. Classic Greta Thunberg being on boats. And you're often in the UN. Yeah. And you're shouting how dare you a politicians. So yeah. it's not <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And much like Greta Thunberg, he did not get invited to the King's coronation. <laughs> so there we go. You never seen him in the same room? Mm. What, Thumberg and, and Neil? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Thumberg and Neil would be the best <laughs> podcast ever. I'd just like to see their negative energy just unite like a really <laughs> bitter Venn diagram. Does Thumberg really have negative energy? Frustration. <laughs> aggressive energy. Well, I mean, she has aggressive energy, but she's like, she's, it's like aggressive activist energy. It depends what side of the fence you're at. You're, yeah. you're, like, you're like, I love coal, you're being quite negative against my <laughs> 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 You just hide. Yeah. Just chill you vibe. I love Paul so much. <laughs> <laughs> you should have Thumberg and Neil. Neil's basically covered in smog and soot. Thumberg's just doing her thing. There you go. Yeah, everybody knows that about me. I'm just constantly covered in smog. <laughs> yeah. It could be called Smog Dodger. <laughs> Smog Dodger, the podcast. Just a little motherfucker. <laughs> I suggest the yeah. I think they should both uh, solve crimes. Either do crimes or solve crimes. One or the other. That's what I thought your suggestion was going to be when you said Thunberg and Neil. Why can't you go straight down the line? Why can't you commit the crimes and then solve them oh. a bit like Dexter? That's what I'm thinking. Mm. 
Wait, oh, but with a, we need a political or climate edge to this to really round off the branding. Uh, they hide the body under a pile of burning tyres, which is both bad for the environment <laughs> and then Thunberg has to somehow moan about it. So mm, Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could heist. There's definitely a heist in there somewhere where you heist. Yeah. Um, we, heist the, we heist the crown jewels. You can heist the carbon. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, my God. Jewels are just carbon. Yeah. Condensed. Carbon footprint. Jewel theft. Fuck me. We're on to a winner, guys. This is a one-shot. This is a one-shot waiting to happen. Well, guys, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta heist the planet. We, we, we've never spent so long talking about Chris Neal in our lives. In, in true ITV style, the the two actually the the two lead characters are going to be called Jane Carbon and Bob Zero, and the show is going to be called. <laughs> oh yes! Oh man, well, that's so good. Come on, then. Next up, coming to us live and direct from Finland, is one of our generation's finest travel writers, Mr. Matt Durant. Any cultural highlights to report back on this week? As I cycled my unicycle along the beachfront, I came across a <laughs> wonderful little restaurant selling selling sauna sausage. The sausage had been cooked in in a nearby sauna and in the in the armpits of a very Sweaty Finnish man called uh, uh, um, Timor, and uh, I have to say it was the, one of the finest sauna sausages I've ever eaten. Mm. Join me next week. Salty, <laughs> yes. Wow. Salty, sweaty, and pink in the middle. <laughs> well, there you go. Got a name of the episode: Salty, Sweaty, and Pink in the Middle. <laughs> Join us next week. For more more tales from the serenades of the sauna sausage uh, with Matthew Durand. Next up, we have the stag whisperer himself, Mr. Chris Rag. Have you got any striptease-based anecdotes this week for the listeners? Uh, no spanky spank time this week, but maybe on, maybe on Saturday. You know, another stuck, 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 stuck. Where are you going? Dang it. Uh, we're going to York. Oh. York's a fun day. Yeah, that was good. A historic classy stag. Classy. And last but not least, sliding into our back door is a man fresh from his preparations for the Eurovision Song Contest. A thinking man's Sam Ryder. It's the one and only Lewis Button. <laughs> How the hell are you doing? I like that. I enjoyed that one this week. That was good. That's all right. You do look a bit like, you look like a clean shaven Sam Ryder. The hair's going, it's getting there, isn't it? It's getting there. Just in time for Eurovision. Mm. Imagine if I was on Eurovision. Oh, fuck me, Edney. I'd love that. I'd love that so hard. Can you make that happen? One day. One day. It's make or break. Eurovision, past few years. It used to be like proper where like singers go to die. And now it's somehow become, I blame RuPaul. I think he's brought this back. (laughs) He's to blame. I don't know how, but I think I'm onto the right answer there. Fingers in many pies. (laughs) (laughs) It's the death of Wogan. I think once Wogan died, yeah. it kind of imploded. It imploded for a while. Some dark years until, um, yeah, I miss Wogan every day. Every day. As uh, Lois always points out to me, he was an incredibly well-hung man, which is something I didn't ever want to know. <laughs> he was an incredibly well-hung man. Yeah. You're going to ask, you're gonna have to ask Lois about what her past with Terry Wogan is. Yeah, I was going to say. It's... Um, you know, like, do you remember what were those shows called on the BBC that were like, uh... How Hung Is This Star? 
where they just show celebrities' dicks and you have to guess who they are. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Through through the glory hole with Lloyd Grove. Write in and complain that there was a swear word on. Oh, points of view. Point of view, yeah. He was like being the old boy in the armchair in one of them once and uh, the whole package was on show and it was like, oh, Wogan, mate. Has no one told you that that's not a good angle? Or it's a great angle. Depends on the show. But for points mm. of view, you're getting the point of his cock. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was a lot. And again, it's well, there you go. Can unknow once you know it. So, yeah. yep. This is going to be fun for all of our American listeners who are going to be like googling who the fuck Terry Wogan is. Yeah, Google Terry Wogan, and then I don't know you. Else to Google after that, but. Terry Wogan's package doesn't feel like anything yeah. to say. So. You, you, you can just see Matt right now is Googling Wogan's weapon. <laughs> Hang on, Terry, Wo- Wogan is an anagram of O-Wang. Wow. Oh, there we go. There you go. Anyway. This case, this case just got blown wide open. <laughs> Don't use the word blown and wang in the same <laughs> context. It's Wide open. It's not becoming. Or wide Wogan. I don't want to Google it, but, you know, see if I'm right and let me know. All right. Or if you're listening, we can do that. you have Googled it, let me know. Come on. Right in our comments. Who wants a recap? Anyone want a recap? Give it to me, baby. All right. And then Lewis can ask a million questions. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had found themselves roaming the open tundra and grasslands, heading up the continent with a view to finding a coastal port that would welcome them. After all, they left a path of destruction in the last two they had visited. On their travels, they crossed paths with a friendly postman, riding his horse cross-country, and had shared a drink and some stories. Discovering that they were in fact now wanted criminals with a 10,000 gold piece bounty on their heads. Pushing further north, they arrived before nightfall on the edges of a village. As they ventured in, they discovered that a festival was in full swing. But not just any festival, a fertility festival. Joining in to the degree that each of them felt comfortable, they hired a single room in an inn for the night before settling down for some much-needed rest. But nothing ever goes to plan. Before setting down for the night, Hanash, slightly worse for wear, spotted a familiar face. It was none other than the elderly form of Madame Monsieur, a psychic medium of some renown, who Hanash had left things on bad terms with years before back in their hometown of Nutbush. And as he slept, his dreams were haunted by visions of her, her bewitching and piercing blue eyes keeping him from a deep and restful sleep. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. Are you just sending each other gifts of Wang? I haven't even looked at these, but I guarantee they're going to... Yeah, look. Oh, fuck me. Look at Terry Wogan's cock. It's a real deal. It's, yeah. You shut up. That's not Wogan's... Mate, you, you that's, a, that's a battered sausage in there. Yeah, that's a, that's a battered, uh, battered Pringles can. <laughs> just slotted down there. Oh my goodness. He's either got a really small left leg and a giant cock, <laughs> or it's, it's very hard to tell. Anyway, that's an impressive amount of meat. But let's just leave Terry Wogan to one side. So, Lewis, if, what questions have you got? Because it's been quite a long time since yeah, you it's asked. been a bit while well, I've been gallivanting. So, um, okay, we met a postman and then ended up at a fertility festival. Am I right? Yeah, basically, you you made it as far as 
to the Stank Estate. Do you remember where all the goblins yeah. were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Chris and then Chris his revolution and burn that place down? Well, what happened, Chris? You, I let you tell the story. Um, it didn't go quite to plan. We we were going to get rid of the people that that lived there and let the goblins take over and just let them have the let them have the manor essentially. Um, and then that kind of went to shit when the manor got set on fire. We killed a couple of the family members, I think, and then just and then left because there was a lot of a lot of guards chasing us. Uh, so some of the goblins survived. Some of them are with us. Gibble, Nobble, and Gobble, something like that. They're the goblins that are with us. And who who set the manor on fire? It was... That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I also, like, hedge... I also blew the head off the chief of police of the town, so we can't go there again. No, just another spot on the blacklist. Oh, well. Shit, anyway. Tatty was negotiating, and he was having a one-on-one conversation with the police commissioner, and Hanash just walked up behind, and rather than letting the police commissioner arrest the party, he just blew the head off the police commissioner and redecorated the walls. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you got to ask questions later, haven't you? You know, we we ain't, we don't we don't trust cops in this game, so we're, we're still waiting for those questions. <laughs> I didn't need them. You had answers. <laughs> <laughs> so. You fled across the countryside, you went through some woods, uh, you met a family of sugar gliders, and they left, and Maud was left holding a baby sugar glider. So, you know, Marvin might be dead, okay. but Keith is reborn. Brilliant. Uh, so, as a fertility festival question, um, who's, been sh- yeah. who's been shagging? Mm, well, Chris read a newspaper, sorry, Tatty mm. read a newspaper in the corner. Cool. Hanash had a traffic light hat on, so Hanash had a hat that allowed him to have his mood on it, oh, yeah. depending on how horny he was feeling. Lots <laughs> of people doing body shots of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, people were doing body shots of Hanash. I forgot about that. That's good. And Matt, Matt tried to have some bonding with his crow, but I think the crow got some in the end. But I don't think. Yeah, Belsy had a very confusing moment with Kato. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, R- romantically confusing. Yeah. And then you all got into bed. Uh, oh, you did a lot of edibles. Um, Aristobulus went to the edible stall and just filled his face with edibles. And then you all just got into bed. And basically, we rejoined the story at an ungodly hour in the morning as a crack of sunlight peeps through the window, tickling the end of Hanash's nose. As you're all kind of, you know, you're in the bed, some heads, some toes, like, you know, this way, that way. Tatty opted to sleep on the floor because he's a nice guy. Uh, Tatty's on a rug by the hearth, um, but Reynolds in it with Lady um, Barbara. <laughs> sorry. And, uh, yeah. Final question. Um, what? Yeah. Have, we, have we currently got a motive or have we just, it was escape the last place and move ahead? Are we still going for the um, cheeses? Yeah, we're, yep. we're on our way to the last, the last two. So we're we're on our way to a little village where uh, I found an advert where we can buy a boat, Brilliant. like a like a like a like an old pleasure barge. I think it was AJ. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Wow, yeah. that's right. The high seas. Welcome to the high seas. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I like this. All right, fantastic. That's so, 
questions. Yes. Tati, you found an advert by a couple called, um, he said, checking his notes. Marjorie and Roger Squeals. That's right. And they were in a village called Little Titherton. And you were heading up the way, sort of north on the map, just slightly above Theolan. So, yes, you're currently in an unknown village. I don't think you even asked what the name of the village is. As the morning after a... (laughs) What town? Fucktown. Oh, Fucktown. Right. Yep, sure. I think it's pronounced Fookton. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. Fookton. The little village of Fookton. As you wake up in your single room, all of you just, you know, squeezed into a single bed. That's where we where we join you. That's not good. I'm glad I'm not in this bed. Can I do an investigation roll for breakfast? Oh, that's what I was going to do. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, make me... Yeah, I think an investigation. Ooh, 19. No, perception, because you're not investigating, you're perceiving. Make me a perception. Also 19. Also 19. So as you come from your dream... The, the sense tickling the end of your snout. Um, you are rudely awakened by two things, the smell of cooked meat, and much like uh, an angry pet, Pocato is just leaping up and down on your chest trying to get your attention because he doesn't like it when you have a lion. Aww. He's trying to get your attention. That's feeding. Mm. Uh, I'll give him some dust. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just, just scooping some dust from underneath the bed you just shovel it into his mouth i think he was eating the complimentary soap from the bathroom from memory last episode so he's a, he's got quite a varied diet aristobulus as you rise you're in the uh you've fallen asleep in the ensuite bathroom in the bath yeah as after a night of debauchery you you are absolutely caked in filth the other thing that's worth saying we did say canonically You'd never taken off your winter parka coat, so you were sweating your tits off in summer. So you were proper sweaty last episode, Aristobulus, for what it's worth. A lot of weird old um, woman's clothes from when I was yeah. wearing quite a lot of garments. That's right. Probably pretty warm here. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 heading, you're heading up into the warmer climbs. Uh, you've just left a sort of nice grass tundra. My satchel has quite like magical powers in it. It's a bit like Mary Poppins handbag. So I'm just going to start disrobing a bit and going for the much more lighter option of the sandals and um, star rope. That's uh, We're going to make that change now. Also, canonically, we did say that the, the ensuite didn't have a door yeah. last episode. So, Hanash, you just look up as you wake up and just see the wizened old man just stripping off. Yeah through the ensuite doorway he's doing that thing like in like in rpg video games where someone goes into their inventory and just gets rid of loads of stuff and like unequipped stuff so like clothing is just like disappearing off of him <laughs> <laughs> until, until it's just the robes put much vomits on whoever else is in the bed ah good <laughs> straight onto belsiar's now you don't even react uh, to it, uh, go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow right what are you all doing as you rise um i think Tati is gonna check the um check the map, check that we know where we're going to Little Titherton. Um and yeah, just make sure that we know where we're going. Um well once we're ready to go, we're ready to go. Okay. Are you doing that in your room? Um yeah. If yeah, me and Barbara are probably still 
probably still like laid out on the rug. If she's still sleeping, I'll I'll let her sleep in for a little bit longer. Oh, look at that. Such a nice guy. Mm. Yeah, Bar- Barbara's purring away. Uh, as you hear other guests coming and going, um, you, it's interesting. You, you're quite tired. We did establish last week during a fertility festival, the rooms in the hotel were rented out by the hour. So throughout the night, you did hear a lot of banging, bumping, grinding, screaming, groaning, munching, growling, kind of like all that kind of stuff. People coming and going. But mostly coming. <laughs> True. Good <laughs> True. <Lord>. True. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you see, as as Matt said, you see guests coming and going, but mostly coming. As uh, you make your, you open the door, and you look out, and you see like people are now like heading out in droves from the inn. It's vacating pretty quickly. As the the, the waft of cooked meats uh, and fresh coffee are coming from the bar room down the corridor. If people are starting to wake up. Um... In our room, I mean, I'll um, I'll just be like, I'm gonna head down and and grab a coffee. Feel free, feel free to join. Uh, whenever, whenever you, whenever you're ready. Yeah. What do we know? Do we do I know roughly what time it is at the minute? Is it like early, early morning? Um, your your body clock tells you that it's probably it's not the crack of dawn, but you're probably about eight o'clock. All something right. Like that. So you've had a, you've had a long rest, so every, everyone can have a long rest. Yeah, I'll say um, I'm going to grab a coffee. We should head out um, sooner rather than later. But just come down whenever you're ready. I'll go downstairs with um, with Barbara and um, post up with a cup of coffee. As you wander down, you make it down into the bar room. You see various denizens who are looking slightly worse for wear. The denizens of the pub literally break down into about two groups. People who are looking slightly worse for wear and hungover and people doing the walk of shame in a fertility festival who are just eyes down, kind of like higgledy-piggledy bits of clothing. One guy's got like one trouser leg on as he leaves in disgrace. As you walk to the bar area, the big butch man with the kind of open V-neck shirt is still there as he's like, all right, just to let you know, the breakfast buffet is uh, open till nine. Help yourself to whatever you want. As he points over to like trays of varying degrees of greasy meat, hash browns, sliced toasted bread, like. Thank you very much. I'll go and I'll go and grab a a plate and um, load it up with some uh, some stuff for Barbara as well. Just grab a table. All right. Having heard the word buffet from upstairs, and now in my new sleek summer outfit, I'd like to Bart Simpson style slide down the banisters. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. To the buffet, please. I love the idea that you were just in the bathroom washing your face, shaving as you heard the word buffet. Yeah. Just stopped, turned, <laughs> dropped, just walked off. Yeah, walked off down, slid <laughs> down straight to the buffet. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I've got the munchies still. I've got re- residual munchies. I've been on the edibles all night. I'm ready for the buffet. As you make your way into the, the tap room, the bar room, um, Aristobulus, you see Tatty and Barbara, who've got themselves a little table over in the corner, and they've got plates of food, and they're just hungrily munching on it. Make me a perception check, Aristobulus. Uh, I've got 16. 16. So even you are not beyond noticing in your current state. As you walk into the bar room, um, three different people at three different tables blush, look down at the ground, pull their collars up as they see you, 
and just head off. Two different men and a woman from different parties all see you, realize who you are, and just very embarrassedly walk off. Um, although what degree of memory you have any of them last night is is fully up to you. Well, it's like the spin-off where it's not young Stobulus, and instead it's my offspring from this party. <laughs> wow. Like a whole village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One night in Fucktown, baby. <laughs> wow. So Aristobulus is sperm pets. Yeah. I'll leave that with you. I'll leave that seed with you. <laughs> Remember this. Don't use the word seed. Like, no one needs the word seed. Yes, so you notice like at least three guests who clearly see you, didn't realise you were staying, and just check out very quickly, um, like to vanish through the front door of the pub. Um, as you see the spread over to one side, you see um, some sort of magical contraption that looks a little bit like a chest, and you put, you see a man putting um, sliced bread in it waiting 30 seconds, lifting the lid on the chest, and the bread just comes out incinerated <laughs> as he sighs and just takes his burnt toast to his table. You know, I'm going to have to put them in, like, four times to get them remotely toasted. <laughs> it's equally as miserable, but the other way around. <laughs> this, is a, this is a cheap magic bread warmer. Like, this place can't afford a proper one. The magic's worn out over the years, and now it's highly, like... It's 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 not calibrated. It's just like a tiny a tiny fire elemental stuck in a box. It's <laughs> <laughs> the geriatric fire elemental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, well, I'm I'm definitely gonna take the seats of the people who have just left after seeing me, and uh, I'm gonna start eating breakfast, baby. That's me. I mean, from the mental image that I just tried to describe, you've basically just sat down at a table full of strangers and carried on eating your breakfast so yeah absolutely just very awkward looking people who are all in varying degrees they're famished they got up to a lot last night and this is them like you know but my perception bringing a bit tells of... me that um we've already been acquainted so i may as well oh okay with them you know yeah it's polite yeah um you look down at some claw marks on your chest as you look up at the tabaxi lady sitting opposite you and you put two and two together as you both nod at each other in respect and carry on refueling proteins and electrolytes that you used up last night. In respect, like it's been some sort of noble exercise we've done. Some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> we get up on edibles and bang it. It was definitely an honourable, noble sacrifice each given to our family name. Okay. Yeah. Like two opponents in a dojo, you just <laughs> nod your heads at each other as you've now finished and bow. <laughs> as she stands up and walks out slightly limping um right what are you um as you will hanash are you coming to join or are you still using the ensuite bathroom what's uh so i try and wipe off the vomit off bell so i'm hoping he won't notice that I'll... yeah I'm, I'm wide awake i'm just like thanks <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's okay <laughs> Jesus Christ, just smearing the vomit into the crocodile's chest hair. Uh, I, I look down and I've, I've, I've kind of, I'm a bit shocked that I've got a nipple ring from somewhere last night. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's, it's still a little bit tender. Like I put my shirt on and it kind of catches. Like, ooh. Um, Belsia, make me a perception check. Oh, no. 
is that eight? Eight. Yeah, you don't notice anything too weird about the nipple. It looks slightly swollen. It might be infected because he didn't go to a reputable, like, piercers. But... Okay. Okay. That's about all you notice. Like, one of his nipples is super swollen. Like, he's got one normal-sized nipple and one absolute, like, it looks like a limpet stuck to his chest. It's really swollen and engorged. Looks like looks like a nipple and then a big swanging bit of pepperoni. I've got a, oh. bit, I've got a big nip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I go downstairs. And then you go downstairs. Uh, so as as Hanash comes downstairs in his new light shirt, you you all see him go up to the buffet as he picks up his food. As he turns around, you just see on his shirt a small bit of blood <laughs> on on one side. Um, as his nipple is 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 weeping. Right. As you all settle down for breakfast, you making your plans, Tatty. You've got your map. You're orientating yourself, working out the direction, how long it's going to take you to get to Little Titherton. Um, you look at the newspaper and realise it's only two days old, so there's a good chance that the barge will still be available. It's at this point you hear a commotion coming from outside of the inn as you hear raised voices and shouting coming from the village green where the festival was last night. Mm. Is this like where the fire was? I'll um, I'll I'll take take the map off the table, fold it fold it up nicely, put it back into my bag, and go outside and go outside and see what's going on. I don't know why I'm describing every little thing that I do. No, no, it's fine. Uh, make 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 me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> Nobody has ever been able to fold up an OS map. <laughs> like OS maps are complete cunts to fold up. Everyone knows there's yeah. a yeah. Uh, not great, not great. Um. Oh, not terrible, though. Um, Eleven. Eleven. So you do that thing, you fold it the way you think you're meant to fold it, and then it comes together, and the OS map's about three times thicker than it should be because you folded it in the wrong order. Mm. But it's folded. Yeah. So you put it away, just sighing and dying a little bit on the inside. As you see people running across the village green, there seems to be a commotion and a gathering, and you hear a howling and a crying coming from the other side of the village green. Um, I'll see if I, if someone runs past us. I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll just I'll just be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Uh, you grab the wrist, which would be difficult because they're quite small. But you grab the wrist of a man as he runs past. Ankle. <laughs> you grab the ankle of a villager who runs past as he's like, "There's been a murder. There's a body. Oh boy! Does this, There's does been this, a murder. Does this happen often?" No, this doesn't happen often. Who would murder a man during a fertility festival? Jesus H. Christ. Well, this is going to get interesting. Must take life to get that. Wow. Uh, Anash is really insightful in the mornings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anash just rubbing his swollen nipple whilst giving platitudes. (laughs) Screaming is my... Yeah. Um, I guess, does it look like, are they like, are people like running towards somewhere or, or not running there's a gathering do you know when in a small village when there's yeah. a social event or a scandal everyone finds their way they want to see what's going on without being seen to see what's going on so everyone's kind of almost gravitating towards it as you make your way closer you just you hear wailing and crying there's a woman who's clearly in a high degree of grief cool um well we've got we've got some cheeses to fight and so we better be on that way 
We'll let the local constabulary handle this. And- <laughs> <laughs> I murdered the local constabulary. <laughs> oh no! Now we have to solve everybody's problem. <laughs> I hate this. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll um, kind of, I'll leave the 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 widow alone for now, and I'll just like, if there's someone who is in like the the inner circle of the crowd near the body, I'll just, I'll just ask them. Uh, who it, who it was? Yeah, sure. As as you make your way um, closer in, pushing between people's legs, you see you're you're coming towards the midden heap, the dung heap of the village, and the people are gathering around now. You see a woman and her daughter just wailing and crying, standing next to the very pale and gaunt body of a small boy who's clearly been half hidden in the midden heap. Um, and his body has been dragged out. He's slightly covered in kind of like mud and compost and poop. He's he's incredibly pale, almost like grey, white-ish in colour. As the woman's just holding him in her arms and just crying, you see she's cried her eyes raw. As she's like, oh, Job! She's just wailing and she's like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? All right, easy. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll ask. Uh, That's the man's next to you. He's like, I don't want to make a big thing out of this, but maybe let her grieve in her own way. Don't be saying things like, <laughs> "All right, Jesus, calm down." It's disrespectful. I'll uh, I'll ask the guy who who has turned to me and like, when does he know when the when the body was found? Does this village have like a doctor or a shaman, a, an old guy on a hill? Who knows? Um, brilliant. As you ask the guy, he's like, "Oh, hey, everyone knows who that is. That's Job Smith Licker. I mean, he was alive yesterday. So, I mean, we all saw him. I mean, children aren't technically allowed at the fertility festival. Everyone knows that. Really, it's a seventeen and above kind of event. Depending on the territory. Yeah. I mean." I, which side of the county line you're on. (laughs) He's like, no, we've got firm rules here. Anyway, it feels disappropriate to be not talking about this right now. Anyway, Job was definitely alive yesterday. Uh, I saw him carrying a wheelbarrow of carrots, and now he appears to be dead. Anyway, (laughs) this is a scandal. But what they're saying, they've asked everybody to go back indoors, and the village elders will be coming round to question everybody shortly. Babes was a disallergy to carrots. Probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You, you're standing at the back, just Sherlock Holmes again. Just, just pointing and being like, allergy. Boom. Hanash did it again. <laughs> pointing at the carrot sticking out of his windpipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. As pe- people are now like ushered back to their houses, as there's a hubbub, as um, people keep saying, go back to your house. The village elders will be around to question people shortly. As you're left standing there, as the woman, her daughter, just weeping away, holding on to the cold, pallid body of Job Smithlicker. As a, as a man of medicine, can I, like, inspect the body? Um, yeah, as you, as you walk nearer, you just see the red-eyed lady. Obviously not red pupils, that'd be really fucking weird. Like red raw from crying, 
Um, she's quite a beautiful lady, and she's got a young daughter with her. And she's like, what do you want? Haven't we grieved enough without your kind being here too? Wow. This isn't a freak <laughs> show. I, I ignore that comment. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be offensive, but it's been no, it's Job's dead. Often, often leads to racism, grief. Uh, no, I'm I I am something of a an autopsy, and uh, <laughs> wow, he had his whole life in front of him. Can I kind of just gently push her out of the way? <laughs> I'm not good at all this comforting the the grieving family stuff. Can I try and help Belsia by 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 like trying to? We can do like the old switcheroo. If he pushes her just slightly in one direction, and you, and you kneel behind her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I can kind of turn around and try and try and catch her in conversation while he examines the body. Can both of you in tandem make me a sleight of hand check? <laughs> Pushing her over would have been so funny, though. <laughs> Uh, I got it. I got a ten. Yeah, a ten. I'm not sure which. Ah, natural one. Ah, oh, of course. A, na- a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> As Tatty, you come in trying to hold her hand gently and move her away. As Belsiar, you try and scoop the body out of her arms. Both of you coming together, you slip on a patch of blood as Tatty, you go flying backwards with the lady and, and hit the grass. As Belsia, you and the body just land in the midden heap, just rolling in dung. As you land on the floor with the body on top of you as you're now, you've got the body, the pale white body of a child <laughs> fully on top of you. As it's at this point, Belsia, you see, because it's difficult not to see, firstly, the cold dead look in his eyes and then the two puncture wounds in the side of his neck a werewolf (laughs) as as tatty the most meta detective in the world (laughs) lichens as tatty the lady's like will you just hand me what you doing get off me you little child No, now he's, what's he doing? He's violating Joe. You're picking up on some fairly intense racism here, but I'll uh, I'll let that slide. Yeah, everyone, every, everyone gets two. That's the, that's the. I'm that's grieving. The... It's not my fault. I'm grieving. All right, easy. There's a fine line between grief and racism. All right, easy. Your voice is doing that thing where it's like, ee, 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 ee. Uh, I'm just. It's called grief. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like try and crawl out from under a. And just be like, you're the one that's on top of me. Please let me go. Room for one more. <laughs> Cannonball. <laughs> As Aristobulus, you look over, you just see Tatty crawl from underneath the lady, almost birthed from underneath her. This feels as I've been inside eating a greasy sausage, trying to not make small talk with my, <laughs> what I assume are the love conquests from a past evening. I walk yep. out, and what do I see in my old age? You know, my eyes aren't the best anymore. You know, they've seen a lot. Uh, they've seen a lot. Okay, so they've been used. These eyes. What do I see? But Tatty, that looks like he's being battered by some screaming woman. There's a kid involved, and everyone's covered in shit. 
I've, I've witnessed, I've heard a hate crime at least twice. <laughs> Can you make me a straight up constitution check? Just like. As if I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I never have to do man, this, this man has had enough races, has he? Can't stand no more. <laughs> the phallus yeah. must come out. <laughs> make, make, me a, make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, fuck's sake. I want to hear the ozone crackle. Stop using my buzzwords. Twelve. Twelve. You're still mildly high on edibles as you come out of the inn, walking over. People are just leaving, going in the other direction. You're walking against the tide of people. As you walk over and just look over, you see Belsiar wrestling with a small child. Um, as the small child is, turns its head to you as you're still high, and the little child just goes, I'm dead. <laughs> you look over as Tatty crawls out from underneath a lady and is basically birthed. From between her legs, as you just, you're like, nah, I can still high. I get so I'm getting the full cycle of life here, and all I'm doing is yeah. upon aggression, <laughs> birth, and death. And trust me, it ain't sitting well with my fried breakfast. <laughs> I would like it's my turn to run and drop kick that child in the face. <laughs> the dead one or the alive one? <laughs> Hopefully, the dead one. The one that just dead. Not having that. Dead people should be dead. <laughs> Make me an athletic skill check. There. 18. That head's coming right off. 18. Belsia, as you just about right yourself and the child, adding a bit of dignity back into the situation, assessing him medically, you just look left as a flash of movement as a man in a robe and some like Jesus creepers just runs in, kicks the child's head, to the side as you just hear a um as you sigh deep down knowing any chance of medicine is now gone thank god for rigor mortis eh hold on who just kicked his head off a cleric i'll be the judge of who can be brought i mean the head the head's still on aristobulus as you just hear a even higher pitched wail a bit like a key change in a boy band song <laughs> the the mother goes up a key as she's like ah should have kicked her can I uh, do an investigation check for some horses, please? <laughs> that was the most casual thing. This is the least, this is the most non sequitur fucking episode. Yeah, sure, make me an investigation check. <laughs> I just sounds yeah. like we're going to just get out of here just, pretty quick. Just had Ash been like, I would like to leave. <laughs> not, not saying we need to get out of here, but are there horses or rivers, boats? Uh, <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. You look over. Uh, the closest thing you can see, um, you see a barn, and there's a farmer in there shearing a sheep. That's the closest thing to a four-legged animal <laughs> you can see. As he looks up, he's like, "Oh do," as he's just in the middle um, pinning the sheep down and shearing it. As you, two things happen simultaneously. Tati, you look over and you see two elderly-looking people walking across the village green. Uh, an old man and an old woman in robes, uh, and the lady, uh, the Job's mother, in grief, having just watched the cleric, charges and tries to rugby tackle him to the ground uh, in anger, as she's she's taken a flying run at you, Aristobulus. Oh, wonderful. 
and got a seven. Oh. oh. <laughs> she's she's crying. She's a snotty mess. As she gets up in a whirl of fists and anger, she's like, ah! As she runs towards you, as you calmly take one step back, as she just flies past you, Brilliant. crashing onto the ground. Yeah. Could I use this opportunity to cast? Is that allowed? Sure. I'd like to cast... Um, Mm, well, not blindness, muteness. I want to cast, like, you know, no sound. What's that called? Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have silence? Well, I can cast deafness slash blindness, so I thought it might come under the same. I don't think so. Four. Oh, I've got command. Yeah, I'll use command for... Uh, yeah, I'm going to command her. Ooh. Yeah, we'll just say silence. Um. Does she have to make any kind of saving throw against your... Uh, oh, because it, it's a command. I'm going to use this on level, just the first level. Um, does she have to do a saving throw? Yes, wisdom 14. 14, okay. She got a 13. <laughs> As she she stands up, she's just got grass and mud smeared on one side of her face. She's just like... <laughs> as she's struck down by profound magical silence as her lips seal as she's like just as two elderly people join the edge of the clearing where you are as this mute lady is just banging her chest going like pointing at the dead child and back at you as the elderly lady is like well what do we have here silas a body. That's not too exciting, creep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this, this this person is fully creeping on this body. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna turn around to the to the two uh, old people that have just walked up and been like, "You told everyone to go back to their homes, and we don't have a home here, so we just stayed out here, and then this happened." We didn't do anything weird, though. Promise. <laughs> the elderly lady looks over at the dead body that's clearly been exsanguinated with a broken neck, looks over at the mute lady who's screaming and banging her chest, looks over at you and went, well, and how have you been embroiled in this? By the way, my name is Edith. I am the village elder. And this is Silas, the other village elder. As an old man's like, what did you say? <laughs> as he turns around, clearly deaf as a doorpost. <laughs> There's been a murder, Silas. Uh, what now? As the pair of them uh, have been sent to investigate. Can I... Um, um, I'm struck by the similarity of these names to to some other, uh, I don't know, patriarchs and matriarchs that we, we were told about from the Stank family. Uh, their appearance, because I, I think we saw... I think we saw photos of Enid and Silas uh, Stank can I just, just from memory, can I like eyeball them? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, make me a investigation check. Cool. Um, fifteen. These are not the same people. These, these are not the mass murdering colonialists you're looking for. Oh, I'm so excited! To oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you look back over, you just see Edith going as you look down at the body and you just see Picato is sticking his fingers into the holes oh. in the neck of the body. Oh, 
Jesus. No. That's unhygienic. He's got a hand in each hole, and he's just... <laughs> Crapping onto the windpipe. Yeah. Don't talk about holes the, the morning after the fertility festival. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll look at Edith and Silas and be like, what's your, uh, what's your plan for solving this, this here crime? Well, we will question everybody in the village. We will find out what their alibis are. Obviously, we're far too old to have attended the fertility festival. <laughs> Not at our age. I step in. Yeah, I would have remembered you, girl. <laughs> she looks at you for a long time and then open hand slaps you across your face. Uh, gets a nine. Doesn't do any damage. It's the most ineffective slap of all time. I guess. She clearly was a lady of some. Yeah, just it just turns into more of a stroke. She's like, if I were 40 years younger... I would colour your ass black and blue. Wow. <laughs> this lady is hostile. But for now, she's like, we will find means, we will find motive, and we will find opportunity. As Silas goes, the what, the what, and the who? As she, <laughs> silence, silence. As um, I realise I, I might be making a, a, a poor impression on these grieving this grieving community and looking quite suspicious as I appear out of nowhere, boot a dead child in the face and then mute the mother um, after she tries to attack me. I realise that's probably it's not a great look. So in order to um sort of reinvent myself with the elders, you know, make a really good impression with the decision makers of the community, I'd like to approach them with my services as a man of the gods. And I'd like to offer to do a free burial for the child. I already have a shovel. They tell me where to put him. And I'll work my magic the only way I can. God. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, make me a persuasion check. Oh, it's very persuasive. Oh, 19. 19. Oh, baby. She, having open hand slapped Hannah, she looks over at Aristobulus and she's like, now there's a gentleman. Thank you. But first, of course, we must do an autopsy and discover the cause of death. And then after the investigation, of course, we must bury the body. But not right now. Maybe after the autopsy. Maybe you could help me with the autopsy? Of course. I've had many a I can help you. <laughs> oh, God! As, as Silas says, that one came straight out of left field. Just came straight, just completely unprompted. I... As Silas looks over and says, "What did he say?" As Edith is like, "Never mind, dear. Never mind." Okay. Well, maybe you could help me with the autopsy. Maybe you could pick the body up, and we could investigate. It's a terrible time. I'm just going to pick up the scoop. Put the, the, the kid and off we go. As you pick up the kid, his neck lolling at an angle as you, you walk off with him. Um, Tatty, you just see Toad Flap standing behind you. Is like, does it always go down like this? Um, I mean, the specifics usually change from village to village, town to town, but cliff notes, yeah. Okay. There's not usually there's not usually a dead child. To be fair, this is this is maybe a low point. 
As you look over, you see Nibble, Nobble and Gobble, the three goblins who you've got, are literally sitting on top of the, the midden heap, the dung heap, and they're just pulling vegetables out and just chewing on them. Like, watching this, like, high entertainment. This is like a blockbuster movie to them. Um, they're just eating slightly, like, you know, composted vegetables whilst watching on with intent. Well, you know, it's literally in shit, but at least it keeps them off the streets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is does it look like does it look like Silas has like started pottering around, like asking people questions, like interviewing people? Si- Silas is going off to question people. Edith is with Aristobulus, who's carrying the body, and you see them um, walking over to the blacksmiths, um, where they lay the body down on a bench um there's no doctors in this town the blacksmith is the man who's probably got the most number of tools and instruments so aristobulus you're going to have to help her with an autopsy mm-hmm. um but after a drinks break we're just going to take a quick five minute quick quick clarification in a town where they have a annual fertility festival and ev- and just a, a end-to-end fuck fest there's no doctor. There's no doctor to see to everyone. There's no clinic. Everyone's health. Buddy, it's 2023. I can't even get to see my bank manager. <laughs> Is it so weird <laughs> to think pizza huts have been shutting down, Chris? Like everything's shutting down. We don't even have a John Lewis anymore. So, yeah, times are hard in the village. It's not their fault. The doctor's gone under, all right? And sometimes if you can't get the doctor to help your fuck, better <laughs> you need a fertility festival right? I, need, I need my fuck better doctor <laughs> doctor doctor i need my fuck better that's the setup my I'm fuck is broken We're done yeah will yeah. anyone make right, my fuck go. better <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go right <laughs> oh dear god john lewis help me fuck better <laughs> <laughs> Debenhams was around. There you go. It would right. fuck better. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Maybe for the patrons, we'll get we'll get Tatty to ring up NHS Direct and just. <laughs> <laughs> I need to fuck better. I don't know where the voice is coming from, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> good. On that note, we'll be back in five. Wow. <laughs> Oh, dear God. That was a low point. Hello, Alistair. Hello, Matthew. Well, this has been slightly more debauched than usual. Nothing's on fire yet. I forgot to say, we did reach... um, Number 65 in the Apple podcast charts for games this week. Ooh, oh, shit. Which is cool. Yeah, literally right past the tip of 69. We haven't we haven't scared too many people off. We had, we had a lady not that long ago who literally binge listened to all 80-odd episodes in a week. Fuck, that can't be good for anybody's psyche. <laughs> <laughs> and we're living it. It was a madness. Exactly. We have to rationalise like one, you know, one a week. I wouldn't fucking imagine this like, on a loop for like, how many hours is that? It's got to be shitloads. This was the lady that said, 
someone sounded like Phil Wang and somebody sounded like John Richardson. Yeah, I can't remember. she said Matt sounded like Phil Wang and that I sounded like John Richardson. I'm going to hold on to that, that. Compliment, that compliment for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Coming back to the action as we rejoin the story, what you see is Maud and Keith the Sugar Glider taking Nibble Nobble Gobble away back to the inn where she she basically agrees to, to babysit the goblins and takes them off back to the inn. As the rest of you watch Aristobulus doing a very poor job of carrying the cold, dead, limp body of Job Smithlicker towards the blacksmiths. What are the rest of you doing as he does this? Um... Can I do a perception check to see if I get some like funky vibes from anyone? I kind of want to kind of like waterboard someone, but I want to make sure that they're like not a great person. You're getting funky vibes from anybody, yeah? You can make me a. Yeah, well, I, I want to like kind of intuitively kind of see if I can figure out the murderer. Um, so 23. 23. Uh, you look around, you see most people have gone. I mean, pretty much everybody in a small village is scared of the village elders. You get the feeling that. That Edith was a good slapper in her. No, that sounds wrong. Uh, she might not have hit you hard, but there was probably a time where she was a was a fearsome lady. And people have headed off to their rooms. There's not really that much going on, really. You just see um, Silas wandering around, questioning random people. Can I? Um, and obviously, can I go with uh, go with Silas and offer offer to help question people? Yeah, absolutely. Which way are you going, Hanash? Are you going with Silas? You... I might see if I can drag Hanash along for the um for the added muscle. Yeah. Okay. So 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 Hanash and Tati are going to question people. Uh Belsiar, which way are you going? You're going with the autopsy or are you going with the questioning? I guess I'll go with the autopsy. Can I quick do I I'm is it in character to assume that vampires are involved? Like would I look at the bite marks and think, ah, perhaps that's vampires. Well, the bite marks are walking off. They're about 30 feet <laughs> heading off, yeah. less the head swinging at an angle, as the eyes of the dead child are just looking back at you as they swing well, pendulously back. You see them, though. Yeah. It's not... I know. I'm being facetious. <laughs> I'm trying to stop you from being facetious. It's not my fault your fuck is broken. Okay, so my, my character, Belsia, is thinking in his memory about the things he's seen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was just being facetious. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Make me a history check. It's gone, into, yeah. gone into your mind palace for a memory less than 30 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> it's, got, it's got extreme short-term memory loss. That's a, that's a two on history. <laughs> ah, good. Two! <laughs> right. It is werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies. You think about the puncture wounds in his neck and you're like, you go through your little roller deck of mythological beasts as you're like giant spiders, werewolves, like swamp hags. You go through as you go around and then you get to vampire. And just as you get to vampire, you think puncture wounds, vampire. And then you remember back to when your mum and dad had an argument and your mum stabbed your dad in the neck with a with a meat fork. And for a while, he had two red marks in the side of his neck as 
you think back about the inevitable collapse of your parents' marriage, and as as you look <laughs> up, you just see you just see Aristobulus going into the blacksmiths, and you run to catch up. Uh, I start crying. So no great insight is what I was saying there. Aristobulus, you lay the body down with as much gentleness as you can <laughs> onto the table in the blacksmiths. Just for the sake of narrative, we're going to say that Maud has also taken away the mum and daughter just to help them grieve. Uh, so now it's just you, Aristobulus, Belsia catching up. As Enid is like, so do you have any, uh, do you have any formal training with autopsies uh yeah of course i've been around many a corpse in my time um around or inside (laughs) (laughs) i'm just pushing the baton back to uh, of you enid is it edith Uh, edith not enid 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 was the stank sorry i was gonna pull you up on that that's all right gotta be done Edith, uh, yes, I have investigated many. Uh, I'm a village elder. I've seen everything from illegitimate children. We get a lot of those. To um, yeah. the whooping cough, dropsy, um, the quince. <laughs> I've seen all sorts of illness and death, of course. Yes, uh, I've seen it all, really. So uh, We had a mysterious calf born once that had eight legs. Oh, oh what an investigation that was. But... Let's stick to the point, old man. No, I'm old. Sorry, greasy man. And she's like, no, I'm old. But you're greasy. I may be old, but in the morning I'll still be greasy. <laughs> she's like, my hands are too frail to perform the autopsy, so you will have to help me. And she looks over at Belsiar and Aristotle. She's like, what do you see? Observe the body. This is like a... I'm going to put my finger in one of those wounds and be like, uh, you see, much like uh, someone slapping the hood of a car. I'm going to just like, <laughs> be like, well, you see what you've got here is you can't be having one of them. Like, that's not. What you want to do is you want to get rid of that for starters. You yeah? certainly can't be having two of them. <laughs> the other, that's not how that should go. Let me tell you right now. Where it's like a patronising mechanic speaking to him. <laughs> yeah. But your problem is, your problem is you've got two leaks down the side, love. You've done everything but, like, suck air between your teeth. You've basically gone... I think this one's going to be a write-off. It's going to need a blood change for sure. <laughs> as, as Aristobulus is fingering the wound, what are you doing, Belsia? Can I... I, I say I've, I've read this in a in a probably in a detective novel. Can I use Mage Hand to extract the contents of the child's stomach to see if he was poisoned? <laughs> sure, you okay? <laughs> how how are you how are you going to cut into him? No, just Mage Hand down the gullet. Oh my god! Um, okay, mate, I've quite a delicate thing. Make me a. Sl- <laughs> Make me a sleight of hand check, Belsia. Oh, come on. Five. Oh, no. Five. It's a good thing this kid's already dead. <laughs> you just see a spectral hand appear in midair as Edith just crosses her hands and stands back watching the professionals at work. <laughs> as you see the spectral hand form into, like, a close-knit set of fingers as it goes down the throat and expands... 
as the jaw just cracks wider and wider open as the hand goes in as it's, as the jaw just breaks off um, the child's head is just cracked open and crushed as just on a five just reels and reels it's a bit like um watching a toddler pulling a hose pipe off a reel as just his hand just flings intestines like onto the desk as even at this point i think aristobulus is disturbed as edith is like i see you've done this before no no first first time <laughs> oh, I I just want to do this do this for the whole uh, rest That's... of the episode. I did, no. <laughs> as oh, as uh, you pull out many 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 feet of intestines, they just <laughs> flop onto the table. As you hear a vomiting noise behind you, as the blacksmith has just thrown up his lunch into the furnace. Uh, he's just the smell of burning vomit fills the room, <laughs> mingling with the excrement. And as Edith looks over at the blood dripping spiritual hand, as she's like, "And what have we learned from this?" LCR's not very good at autopsies. <laughs> so now you've ripped. What what have we learned forensically? What have we discovered? Charles' digestive system is intact, showing there was no sign of uh, abdominal injury or poisoning. It was intact. Q- QED was intact. Was intact. <laughs> yes, before death. As you see the sallow-looking face of the child with the bottom half of his jaw cracked off and hanging open, even you... Aristobulus are starting to wonder what you're going to get out of this body. I've got, I've got loads out of the body. <laughs> You've pulled the lungs out too. I've, 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 I've got, yeah, pretty, pretty much everything is out of the body now. Yeah, pound for pound, you've done pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Oh wow. Used every, every okay. part of the animal. So the poor child looks like a roadkill badger, uh, just as all of the bits. Um, the the child is 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 just in pieces. Um, as you see, Enid is made. Uh, Edith is made of stern stuff. She never once flickered, despite the fact that one side of Edith is kind of pebble dashed in viscera from where you just went to town on the body. She's like, "Well, my hands might be shaky, but I know a pro when I see one." Thank you. Edith's, Edith's fucking cracked. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Edith's in shock. She's just watched the body <laughs> torn open by a magical hand. <laughs> I see you've done this before. You just, see, you just see the blacksmith shaking backwards and forwards <laughs> in the corner. In Tariq, <laughs> what, what we learned here is the person that died clearly by vampire marks wasn't poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. See, now all we need to do is work out: Do we think it is a vampire, or were they stabbed? Is there blood? Like, I'd imagine there'd be a lot of blood after one. There's blood everywhere. Okay. You're literally up to your ankles in blood. Any <laughs> blood loss? <laughs> There's teeth, bits of jaw, and viscera everywhere. Like, sure, let's say vampires. I've got a hunch. I'm going off a medical, spiritual hunch. 
Yes. Can anybody discern good and evil? Well, we're getting pretty deep here. Um, <laughs> look, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm doing this ad hoc. I'm not, you know, you're not paying me enough for a consultation on spirituality right now, love. Okay, we've got to put okay. this kid back together in one piece before I bury him. Okay, so yes, I was going to say the mother will be coming for the burial. So if you could put all the bits back together again, oh. that would be marvelous. Jenga. As you two start working on putting the body back together again, we're going to pan to Tati and Hanash. Another going to look inside with... the chest. I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. That's fine. We can do closed casket. It's fine. <laughs> Hanash, Tati, you are with Silas as you walk across the village green. Um, Silas is pretty deaf as he's like, who shall we talk to first? Uh... I don't know. Who found the body? A farm worker called Charles. Let's hit up let's hit up Charles. Let's see what see what Charles is saying. Okay. I um I put my sheriff badge that I've had for ages, I put it on me. <laughs> and I'm pretending to be a cop a quap. Nice. Nice. Uh as he's like, Man of the Law Oh good. This should go smoothly then. As you make your way to the barn, where you see the man still shearing the same sheep. He's a perfectionist. He's just making sure all sides of the sheep are absolutely shorn per- perfectly. As you you see his young farmhand looking pale and white, just sitting on a stool in the corner of the barn. Charles, is it? The child looks up. He's like, yeah, am I in trouble? I like 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 a smoke. <laughs> And blow in his face. I don't know, Charles, you tell us. <laughs> looks, like, looks like we know who the good cop is. <laughs> Mum says you shouldn't smoke those. They're bad for you. I don't give a fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just see, he's too scared to even... He just goes slightly pale. He's like, ah, oh, I am in trouble, aren't I? Charles, Charles. Silas says... You won't be in trouble if you tell us exactly what you know. Now these these guys, Charles, these are these are these these guys these guys are flying off the handle. These are these are this guy Hanash and this guy this guy Silas, these are bad cops. <gasps> They're flying off the handle. They're crazy. But me, I can help you. I can help you. And I'd like to think based on the fact that I'm smaller than they are and I'm more of a similar height to Charles, that he for some reason will trust me. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I love the way you were offended by the size card when other people play it to you, but when it works in your... your <laughs> uh, yeah, you're on a level with Charles. Make me a... Persuasion? Yeah, make me a persuasion check. All the charismas. Big money, no whammies! Ooh, natural 19 for a 25. Is uh, that... I didn't do it. I swear I didn't do it. I, I God, God knows I didn't do it. I was just in my morning chores. I was taking the poop to the midden pile, and I, I had the wheelbarrow, and I was forking poop into the midden pile, and then I looked down. There was a little ankle sticking out the poop. Where were you last night? I was. Where were you? In bed. I was in bed. Mum, Dad went out to the festival. They said, you know, it was date night, <laughs> and I, I was in bed reading scrolls. Mm. 
It's like trying to it's like trying to co-interrogate someone with Batman. <laughs> uh, I, I, si- Silas lays a hand on Hanash as he's like, "Steady now, steady. Don't coerce the witness." Uh, I think. Holy back, Silas! Holy back! I'm gonna I'm gonna be like. Um, so he was so. Uh, the body was 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 kind of buried in the in the midden in the midden pile, is what you is what you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the body was in there, and I pulled on the ankle, and it he came out the poop, and he was pasty white. He was dead. I swear, cold as cold as you like. I know, Joe, but I go to school with him. And when was when was this? When did you when did you find the body? This morning. This morning. Okay. Um... Pooping. It's an early morning thing. You got to do the pooping before the sun rises. So, no, nobody want nobody wants to be a pooping on the midday sun. It's hot, <laughs> smelly. You said pooping one more time, son. <laughs> <laughs> he holds your hand, Tatty, in even in your tiny hands. He's he's he puts his little hands out. I'm scared. Don't let him hurt me. He's got a gun. It's all right. And that geriatric bloke's got some fucking hair coming out of his ears that look fucking terrifying. I say, I say, uh, I say, I say, boy. I say, I say, boy. You bother me. Who who's who's Joe been seeing? Has he said anything weird lately? Why is your accent changing all the time? You're, t- you're scaring me, man. You're scaring me. You better get your story straight, son. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it. I swear to God, I just went from A to B with the poop. I've got nothing to do with this. Please. What did I say about poop, I boy? What did I say about that? Word? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just turn to Hanash and and uh, Silas and say, um, I think, yeah, I think Charles is, I think Charles is being honest. He didn't. He found the body this morning. I think maybe if you guys wanna, if you guys wanna. Carry on going around and talking to people. That might be a good idea. I might go investigate the 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 poop pile, the midden, the the midden, the midden hill, the um, the iron mountain of of shit, brown mountain. I'm okay. calling it. In my mind, it's a bit like that scene out of the first Jurassic Park film where they find the tri- the constipated Triceratops next to the giant pile of shit. Mm. Um. That's the kind of midden pile we're talking about. Right. As we're very quickly as Tati, you're going to go to the midden pile. Uh, Hanash, you're going to keep interrogating people. My God, we've split this episode three ways. We're going to go back to the body. Aristobulus, Belsiar, how are you going to put this body back together? Tape and prayer. I think it, the like having a jaw come off a body is never ideal. Um, so I, I'm going to rummage around the room looking for some sort of tape or gauze type situation to just kind of hold in place the skull okay uh make me an investigation check (laughs) 13 13 uh you find a hammer some nails some leather thongs and some grease like a pot of industrial grease fantastic that's more than i need Definitely going to just start assembling. I'm going to. I think if we tag team this, where you go and get the um, remains and innards, and I'll tackle. I'll yeah. tackle top deck if you do below neck. Yeah, that's good. I, I've just okay. realised I've still got my We Buy Any Weapon tote bag that came free with the purchase. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna collect the organs in there. <laughs> 
That was great. And then guess what the stuff is in the best we know how. <laughs> like like some sort of really grim red riding hood. You just start picking up forty foot worth of intestine and putting it into a tote bag as the tote bag fills up pretty fast. <laughs> um there's just organs and viscera hanging out the outside as the heart just slips out of your hand and rolls under the desk. That's what the Egyptians um, did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, I think. Make me make me an athletics check. <laughs> Those Egyptians always toting. I'll do this with this disadvantage because uh, crocobons are crocodile shaped. Uh, um, so that's a four. A four? As you just start getting armfuls of intestines and just shoveling them back into the broken body cavity. At first, gravity starts pulling the loops of intestines back out again as you have to really put your back into it and splat them back in. Um, On a four, unfortunately, I'm going to say you feel a sharp pain in your wrist as you look down and realize you've slashed open your arm on one of his broken ribs. Um as blood starts oh seeping out of a cut down your arm from the child's rib bones. Um, as you start bleeding on the child, you take two points of damage as Edith is like, Oh, fucking Edith. Well, I am starting to regret asking you to. As you finally, with the blood everywhere, just smeared across you, across him, it's getting hard. You've now, you've now exchanged blood with the child. <laughs> and uh, as you mix... <laughs> as you kneel on him, cracking his ribs back into place as his body is hideously distended with most of the intestines on one side, so he looks really fat on one side and much thinner on the other, as there's just a big kind of, as you've cracked the ribs back together again. Uh, Aristobulus, make me make me a sleight of hand check as you pick up all the teeth. 19. Oof, I'm pretty good 19. at this. Shambles malarkey. So that's absolutely brilliant. As you 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 put the jaw back on, you take two nails and just hammer them into the jawline to put the jaw back on, um, and then take the teeth. And with molasses, you just stick like with the industrial. Oil or whatever. Like grease. Grease. You put the teeth back in. They're not all in the right place. Some of the molars are at the front. Some (laughs) of the canines and incisors are at the back. It looks fucking hideous. And in two places, you couldn't find teeth. So you've just got like an overbite with two nails sticking out. Um, It's fucking hideous. But as you basically use leather straps tied around the top of the head and under the chin to keep the face on... He's fit for a burial. He's a beautiful boy. <laughs> it's just, it's, I've not seen face off, but this is how it works. <laughs> you know what? This, you know what they say. It's a, it's, it's a real. It's a face fit for the grave. A face fit for the grave. Who wants to? Who wants to sew up the body? Oh, I mean, no one. So I don't mind doing it. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've done the face yeah. pretty good. I'll, I'll give it a go. Edith, Edith holds out cord and cotton and shaking hands as she's like, here you go. Wonderful. Which of you will sew up the cavity? <sighs> Thanks, Edith. Um, okay, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, um, yeah, we're just going to go for it. Let's... Uh, sleight of hand? Yeah. Sleight of hand, let's, let's fucking go, boys. What are we saying? 
What are we saying? We're saying eight. <laughs> eight. You start taking your hands are firm and calm as you put the cord, you put the cotton in your mouth and lick it and put it through the eyelet and you are so chuffed with yourself as you do it first time. Tie it off and with tiny, controlled, calm little stitches, you start at the navel and you stitch all the way up, pressing together the two halves of the flesh, pushing the intestines back in as they start bulging out with a bit of help from um Belsiar with his knee on the chest cavity to keep it together you stitch up stitch up stitch up as you feel the needle pressing through the cold dead flesh of the corpse left to right left to right overlapping in a butterfly motion beautifully you get part way up almost to the top 90% feeling happy with yourself as you struggle to move your arm you look down and you realize You've stitched your sleeve into <laughs> the weave of the body as you let down. Your sleeve is attached. I mean, I should have known. Oh, it's the Rover Stars as well. It's a really good outfit. Oh, your left sleeve is now sewed onto the body of a child. Which only really leaves me with a couple of options. One, I have some sort of corsage, which is a dead child. <laughs> Two, I ruin, I ruin the robe, which neither option is a win. It's not going to happen. Uh, then, I thought there was going to be three options. That seems like the main two. You, um, well, you just, you just have corsage. to cut. You'll have a hem of skin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, either way, don't you, like, the body's going to be clothed for the for the burial, right? So, like, either way, you can probably get away with it. What was the bit of skin between a child and his <laughs> one time priest? Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. So, are you cutting off that bit of skin? Yeah, yeah. It's the quickest okay. way. I want to get him buried. So, I've got, I've got plans. Okay, no problem. Take in the blacksmith's knife. You par away at the body. Stitch up the rest. There's a, you know, it's a little bit messy towards the end. As you look down, you've just got a strip of cold, white, dead flesh on the hut on the hem of your robe, which includes the nipple of the corpse. It's an accessory. As you stitch up the corpse, help put its grave clothes on, and do you know what? Not too bad, other than the fact that. The jaw is hammered in with two nails, and it's got a massive overbite. Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> it could have been worse somehow. <laughs> As the mother comes back oh, in, this fucking woman. <laughs> she's still mute. As her eyes go wide and pale, just tears flooding down the front of her face. As she just throws herself onto her child, weeping, as you just fold your arms with a job well done, the bit of flap of skin still attached to your sleeve. As we do a slow-mo high five, we're like, yes! Fucking nailed it. I think we've restored dignity to 
You've got your tote bag over your shoulder with some intestines still in it that you forgot to put. <laughs> <laughs> Just dripping. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> As... Um, <laughs> Belsio, you just see a lung that you've left on the floor as you just slowly push it just with your foot under it, the table so, under nobody, the, yeah. so that nobody notices. Well, there you go. Right, we're going to leave you two with your job well done. Well done, Dr. Frankenstein. Well done. Uh, Tati, you're back at the midden heat. What are you doing? Can I say that um, um, I asked uh, if Charles could come with me to show me where he found the... Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So the gnome and the little pale child, tears in his eyes as he's like, thank you, sir, for believing me. It means the world to me. It really does. It really does. As you walk over, you can just hear Hanash on the other side of the village green screaming at a witness. (laughs) Or screaming at Silas. Who knows? Could be. (laughs) You think at one point you can hear a revolver discharge, (laughs) but you're not entirely sure. As you make your way to the midden heap by standing next to it it's now been fully desecrated the the midden heap's a bit higgledy-piggledy at the moment because the goblins were sifting through it for composted vegetables but uh what what do you want to do um i'll get uh if charles has brought me to the to the place basically where he found job um i will let me think i'm gonna have a look around for tracks leading up to the leading up to the midden pile uh okay. probably probably um yeah probably bigger than um well just yeah just trying to like discount the um the goblin tracks from where they were just trampling in the shit yeah fucking about in shit um okay. yeah um i'll make a investigation check Good work. Ooh, 24. 24. You, you go for some degree. You, as a fecal criminologist, you approach the midden heap with great care and respect. The problem is around the midden heap are a myriad of footprints because half the village has turned up and you isolate many, many, many crisscross paths of adult footprints. There's not really a great deal going on. Looking underneath, on top of, sorry, looking on top of the uh, midden heap, you see the little telltale signs of goblin footprints. Um, You can tell they're goblins because goblins don't wear shoes. So you can see the little toe prints in the poop. Could I, actually, if if there's a lot of footprints, could I, on that fairly high investigation roll, could I look for, in particular, like... I don't want to say heavier footprints. I'm kind of looking for someone who has obviously been carrying more weight, as in like carrying a body. So if it's, I'm assuming it's like muddy as hell all over here. So like, uh, yeah, there's been, shit like, for days. Footprints that have been like slipping a little bit more, or you know, like higgledy piggledy tracks, not like where someone's just walked up to like throw shit on and then walk away. As you look through the different footprints the deepest impressions you can see come from a pair of hobnail boots you can isolate an individual pair of hobnail boots Mm. as they clearly dragged a body like the 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 hobnail part of the boots is quite deeply embedded into 
onto the fecal canvas that you are now checking out. As uh, yeah, you see someone in a pair of hobnail boots. Does it look like they were? Cramped. Does it look like they were dragging the body? Did you say? Yes. As you look, you can see uh, a heavy depression um, off to a set of trees to one side, where it looks like something's been dragged. There's a small coppice of trees. Okay. Um, so did you say that's where it was coming from up to the up to the ship pile? Okay. Can I have a look round to see if I know that that's the set of footprints leading up to the ship pile? Can I see? Can I see if I can identify the same footprints leading away from it? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, make me another investigation. Come on, come on, big money! Ah, it's falling. Seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, you follow the hobnail boots around now that, like, almost in some sort of shitty, like, montage from a computer game, once you've isolated the correct footprints, they almost glow in your in your mind's eye as you follow them around the shit heap up and down. At one point, you get a particularly um, hideous piece of shit caught on the end of your boot as you have to flick it off before carrying on following the hobnail boot path as it goes back across the village green before vanishing into a myriad of different trails that whoever it was has gone back into the village. Okay. Can I, um, I assume Barbara's with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Barbara is doing very good at, very well at counseling Charles as uh. Charles is fussing Barbara. Barbara isn't coming anywhere near the shit. She's a lady of dignity. I think I, I let her kind of, uh, stay away from the midden pile. But once we get closer to the village, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her a quick like, see if she'll, see if she'll come over and give me a hand. Barbara comes skittering over. Once she smells you, now that you've been on the midden pile, you're just as careful as you've been. You're still mm. low key, tagged in shit. Yeah. As as Barbara's Barbara's nose is clearly offended by you, as she she's close but she she keeps her distance a little bit. We're just going to quickly pan to Hanash as you are interrogating the butcher. As you look up from a magazine you found, a particularly interesting (laughs) magazine, as you realize Silas is uh, interrogating the butcher. As you look over, you see all the bloodied knives, cleavers uh, and cuts of meat displayed on a table. As Silas is like, tell me again where you were. So... Handy with a knife, eh? Must be, must be coming, coming useful when you're murdering children. All right, I don't know what you mean. Sometimes it's a bit lean around here and we have to be a little bit imaginative with the meat, but I have never killed a fucking child. As you see him <laughs> grab Silas by the his cuff like, and just pulls him in. He hasn't got a knife in his hands. He's like, I don't appreciate being accused of being, well, one of them types. Yeah, I'm familiar with knives and stuff like that, but Jesus H Christ, what? Why would you think I did that? I uh, I slowly like move my hand to my like blunderbuss. Uh, I was like, put my partner down, son. <laughs> All right, I don't like your patronizing tone, but my father always told me to respect men who point big guns. At me. <laughs> so I will gladly, as he just brushes off silas he's like i'm very sorry i did not mean you no disrespect but you come in here 
as this bloody smears as he was jointing um a cow as he's accidentally left bloody smears all over Silas's robes. He's like, I'm very sorry, send me the bill. <laughs> well it sounds like we're all on the same page. Is there anything you can tell me about last night that you know seem odd? Like not from like, you know, a a gang bang perspective, but more from a child murdering vibe. I don't like the way you turned gang bang into two syllables <laughs> that were very different there. I don't like it when it's called gang bang. Uh, no, I, uh, good point. Well, I'm a single man. I decided not to settle down and that's my choice. I was never really interested in the married life or really the family life. And uh, I got I got some good times in last night. I'm not going to lie. There was some fun times, mixed it up a bit. There was a real scary point where I ended up getting pegged by some sort of elderly <laughs> wizard man. Not quite sure what the fuck was going on there. He was quite greasy. But <laughs> he kept on saying, you take it, you take it, or I'll fucking use my shovel. I don't know what he meant. I ain't got a fucking clue, but I took it. Uh, bye. Other than that, it was, you know, much of the same, you know. Well, silence, I think we're done here. <laughs> well, you did ask me. Um, but don't worry, I have washed my hands since this morning. As he points over at like a five-star hygiene certificate on the wall. <laughs> this, town, this town doesn't have a doctor, but it does have a, a hygiene inspector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this village has got a hygiene inspector. They don't need it's, a doctor. <laughs> exactly ain't nobody's fuck broken in this village as silas looks over at the hygiene certificate he's like well maybe we look at the hygiene inspector next our work here is done no goodbye bob as he looks sternly at the butcher who just looks down embarrassed with himself as silas and hanash walk out silas putting his blunderbuss back onto his back as we're very quickly going to pan to Belsia and Aristobulus, who are standing at a respectful distance from Edith, who's trying to calm the crying mother down, standing over the higgledy-piggledy, sewn-up body, which is slightly distended with quite a bit of its intestines on one side of its body in a weird lump, um, now dressed up in its burial grave clothes, a weird kind of smile on the body's face from the way that the jaw's been reattached with bolts and nails. You would have liked it this way. <laughs> <laughs> as the mother gently weeps into Edith's shoulder, as Edith is like, no, no, calm, calm. I'd like to walk over and also... You know, maybe me and her got off on the wrong foot, literally, <laughs> when I did the drop kick earlier. Um, I put my hand on her and be like, don't worry, it'll be a really nice service. I've got just the tools for the job. <laughs> the mother looking wide-eyed at you. She still can't speak as she just shakes her head backwards and forwards, like in a sort of no, no, no kind of motion as... You're, you're saying this, Aristobulus, you're also, you know, Edith is hugging the mother. Aristobulus, you're inappropriately hugging both of them. Neither of them want this hug as you come in close. Belsia, as you're watching them in the background, you see the body sit bolt upright 
as the head lolls and turns towards you, the eyes opening. Zombie! That's where we're going to leave this week's episode. Oh, my God. I've been building to my burial. I didn't even register the fucking vampiric element of it turning. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, man. (laughs) Good news is you softened it up. Yeah. The bad news is you weaponized it with nail teeth. But, you know. (laughs) Oh, oh, also, just canonically, because I have to, as all of this happens, you look down at your sleeve, Aristobulus, and you see the nipple (laughs) is also reanimated as you see the nipple twitching on your sleeve as it comes back to life. Uh, Wow. Okay. Just because. We all downscaled Hanash's nipple piercing, but that's, you know, that's canon. Right. There we go. That was a disgusting episode. I'm not going to lie. We set the bar so fucking low for depravity that even I'm a little bit... New. Well, new disgusted with myself. Has anyone got anything else to say for themselves before we wrap this up? Just sorry. Yeah. Not not one we're proud of. I wouldn't binge watch us. I think we should put a disclaimer, a binge listen to this podcast. Yeah. Me, you know, you say not for little ears and maybe take a break. Mm. Even Netflix has the are you still watching? Maybe there should be <laughs> the end go, you still listen. Yeah. Go to sleep or please put something more pure on. Listen to some Nora Jones and just veg out, you know. <laughs> maybe watch a snuff movie or something. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Something, something a bit, more, a bit wider. Yeah. Um if if you've been affected by any of the issues brought up in this in this podcast. Uh, please understand that we have neither the emotional or the emotional range or intelligence to to deal with a conversation about these issues. No, these are delicate times. These are delicate times, and really, this this is all an allegory. So they say yeah. this is all our regard. Good art, you know, it's it's reflecting the zeitgeist for the times, mm. isn't it? And that yeah. that's our, yeah. that's our Okay. There we go. That's all we're going to achieve this week. Before we let you go, we just want to say a massive thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fucknuggetry. Seeing as you've made it this far, listeners, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? Better yet, if you're feeling juicy, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading the word of our misadventures far and wide. Although maybe don't review this episode. Maybe it's for the best. Just just, but let's brush this one under the rug. Remember, if you get yourself on fanrolldice.com, you can get yourself a sweet 10% discount by using the voucher code ADVENTURER10. That's fanrolldice for all of your dice needs. You can get yourself a sweet 10% discount using the discount code ADVENTURER10. 10. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to try and find us on Twitter, where you can chat to us at Adventurers A-N-O. But you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and all the usual places. But that just leaves us with time to say a huge goodbye from all of us here. It's a massive goodbye from your favourite interrogator and mine, Mr. Chris Ragg. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs>
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. It's Keeping it classic. Classic interrogation technique. It's a massive, massive goodbye from the fecal criminologist, Mr. Chris Neal. Goodbye. A huge goodbye from a man who likes to keep his entrails in a tote bag, Mr. Matt Durant. Vote, vote Finland in Eurovision this Saturday. Oh, yes. And a massive goodbye from a man who likes to keep an undead nipple on his sleeve, <laughs> Mr. If I Lewis pound for every time someone said that about me. <laughs> well, you'd be, you'd be a man... With a pound. <laughs> with a pound, yes. <laughs> right, there you go, listeners. That's all we're going to be able to achieve for one week. Matt, have you got a tune to play us out? In fact, Lewis, you're a musician. Oh, Come no, on, Matt man. couldn't possibly tread on Matt's toes. He does fantastic No, outros. I've been... I do, I do... I do interest, which shit, I haven't done our, I didn't do our sponsors this week. It's, um. Who are we sponsored by, Lewis? Look, uh, sponsored by sending all our love and praise for the sponsorship this week from, uh, Deirdre and Doris's spam flaps. Warm, <laughs> and, uh, warm and waiting for your mouth. <coughs> and then, right. oh, thank you for the, all of the money and spam flaps you've sent. No, no, that's fine. Um, any serving suggestions for spam flaps? Is that like... <laughs> I think the more the merrier. That's what I always say. Hmm? Okay. So, well, you want to get a fat stack of spam flaps? <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, well, big, okay. <laughs> big fat stack of spam flaps. Well, uh, yes, the title, if you have got Well, there you go. I've heard some people like to take the juice from spam flaps and um, add it to whiskey for a little bit of a... The Dutch way, isn't it? Mm. You know, very popular over there. That sounds yeah. like some nonsense to me. No, it's cool. I remember my first Dutch flapper. I like yeah, my yeah. spam flaps yep. with baps. Spam flaps. Oh yes, back to baps. Baps full of spam. Flaps. Jesus Christ! Right, let's draw a line under this debauchery. Anyway, Matt, give us the outro. Yeah, come on, Matt, give us the spam outro. Spam flaps, nothing but spam flaps. Gotta get. Those spam flaps today. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> well, there you go. That's all we're going to achieve for one week. That's the end. Go home. Piss off. 